0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Second
1: hour of Oilers Now, brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. Lots still to come here in the second hour. We've got Cam Moon and Brendan Escott steering the ship today. We'll hear from Sam Cosentino in mere moments. And we'll take a look at this Seattle Kraken series that they could put to bed tonight. They're up 3-2 against Colorado. As Randy just mentioned in the news there, they are at Climate Pledge Arena. We'll connect with play-by-play man John Forsland and get an idea about that they got a pretty good junior team in Seattle, however, and this is where I want to go next. Super excited to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline by our headliner today. He's brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We know him from Sportsnet. You'll see him plenty if you've got him on uh, the NHL Network as well. It's Sam Cosentino joining the show right now. How's it going, Sam?
0: I'm doing great, guys, but there is something seriously wrong. If you two are hosting and I'm the headliner, what the hell has gone on here?
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what happened. Forslund booked and confirmed after yeah. you did. How's that sound? It's <laughs> <laughs> the
2: truth, baby. because <laughs> you've been a headliner ever since I've known you. You'd be my
1: horse if you oh. never ran a race.
0: <laughs> Who loves you, buddy?
1: Unbelievable. So, Sam, I, listen, I, I I grew up watching you cover the junior hockey circuit, so I'd like to drop the puck there because we've got a, a heavyweight tilt going on uh, in the Western Conference Final of the Western Hockey League, that being Seattle and, uh, and Kamloops. And Cam and I both have uh, ties to, to the Blazers organization. Excited to see them hosting the Memorial Cup this year. And well, they've been on a run, 8-0 through their first couple plays. Off series but so too are the juggernaut Seattle Thunderbirds does this Thunderbirds team remind you of any sort of historical juggernaut junior team or what do you think about it
0: well there's so much talent like I I think a little bit about the Academy Bathurst team that played kind of a, a grinding style had talent but not as high end And I, and I think Seattle is they've got heaviness, they've got skill they've got two goalies like there's no holes. And I, and I suppose the only thing, I was talking to someone in the Western Hockey League this morning and said, you know, when I look at Seattle, the one thing that does concern me a little bit is sometimes they do just enough. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get that, but they haven't been challenged to the point where you have to step it up and, and move it to another level. And I think they're going to get stung once or twice early in this series with Kamloops. That's going to wake the beast, if you will. And I think at that point... They're going to be really, really tough to beat. I mean, I think there's enough personality in the room, knowing some of the players the way I do, that I think there's enough personality that when it comes time to have to go, that they'll be ready to go. So I'm going to be fascinated to watch the series. And let's not forget, like, human nature, especially with kids, it plays more than anything you know you've got a ticket to the big dance already if you're the Blazers, and I completely understand. You want to beat Seattle because they've been number one most of the year. You want to win a league championship, I understand that. But that human nature cookie that exists still exists, and that's they already have a ticket to the big dance.
2: Over on the other side, Saskatoon does what has only happened three times in the WHL and came back from a 3 nothing deficit. They win their series over Red Deer in seven. They'll face Winnipeg. Winnipeg's been you know, the best team in the Eastern Conference pretty much all year. But uh, it looks like the Blades are uh, pulling themselves off the mat. Hey, they were down 2 nothing to Regina in the first round, too. So they've done it a couple of times. So what do you expect out of that series?
0: Well, that one fascinates me, too. I mean, I think Winnipeg on paper is better team. But, uh, you know, Saskatoon plays with a lot of speed. And they kind of have continually gone under the radar in the Priestner era because I don't think anyone believed that, you know, that, that Colin could could do the job. But he's had nothing but success. And they've produced National Hockey League players. They've produced drafted players. You know, Tristan Robbins saw him earlier in the uh, you know a few weeks back with San Jose like they have done a really good job there probably don't get enough credit for for what they've done you transition from Mitch Love who's the AHL coach of the year to getting into a situation where you go and and lean on one of his former teammates and Brendan Sonny to come in and do the job and I loved his messaging to his group after the win. Uh, I was watching that on Instagram today where he talked about his guys, uh, you know, making history and and how historical it was and how he got really emotional about it. So they're they're definitely a team you can't take lightly, especially if you get up on them early in the series. Having said that, you know, it's pretty tough to beat the of Winnipeg on paper. So I I picked the ice in that series, um, but Saskatoon has surprised us twice already.
1: Saskatoon benefited Sam as we chat with Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet and the NHL network Uh, they benefited from having Connor Bedard just in the building in that first round and we've sort of talked about the business angle off air Cam and I have about how important it would have been for that Saskatoon program to get four home dates in each of their opening two series you know and drawing like they have it's really to me you know the Western Hockey League's always been a, a showcaseable hockey but the way that TSN Ends picked up the coverage of Bedard's season this year, and I think they've done a really good job of showcasing a pretty, uh, a pretty good product out on the ice.
0: Yeah, they they have done a they've done a great job of that. And I think back, you know, the last time when when we had the rights at Sportsnet and was doing um, that series when Kirby Doc was playing for the Blades at that time, and they were up against Prince Albert. And you know how nasty a rivalry that can be, and and you know it was unbelievable to see the crowds in in, uh, in Saskatoon at that time. So to think that that would have been up a couple of levels with um, you know with Bedard being there, and, and to be honest with it, it shouldn't really be much different with Winnipeg. I mean Savoy, Geeky, McQuillan, you got Benson who's going to be a high first rounder this year. You got Hauser's had an unbelievable year. You got Zloty back there. Like they've got a rock star team, and you know based on on the Blades and their success and playing for for a, a title in the East, uh, there's no reason why. No, they can't get back to some of those levels, and they're probably let's not let's not sugarcoat it. They're probably going to have to be, because you're only going to see 1,500 in the other barn.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's all you can put in there. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. Connor Bedard had he, he played seven games in the playoffs, and he only had 20 points. <laughs> had 143 <laughs> in the regular season in 57 games. I, I got to watch him both times they came through Edmonton here. And I saw him play one time in Red Deer during the season, during the All-Star break uh, in the NHL. And and I watched him in the in the World Juniors last year in the summer. Sam, every time you see him, it's like he brings something else to the party. He, he puts it up another notch, makes a play that brings you right out of your seat. Uh, over the course of this year, start to finish for... Connor Bedard, what did you see from him?
0: The thing that probably impressed me most, and I wasn't sure was entirely present and in his game, was his ability to make plays. And that's, um, you know, that's something that I think emerged throughout the course of this year. He probably had some of that in him, you know, going back to that under-18s in, in Texas when he was playing with Shane Wright, and, and we started to see it there, but I think that was taken to a new level this year, and that's what impressed me most. You know, I I watched him at the World Juniors, and you're, you're right, Mooner. Like every time he's out there, something different happens. And you know, the curl and drag, and you see those things. And he, but his ability to make plays is, is really, really special. And and that part is the element to me that stuck out to make me think that you know there's going to be stardom at the next level. So I, I love the young man. I've had a chance to interview him since the the second he. You know, he signed his agreement with uh with the Pats. Uh, And have kind of followed him right through. It's going to be really cool to to follow him up to that draft day in June.
1: It doesn't seem like he's succumbed to any of the moments before him. And I think of the World Juniors where he's out there saying to the person interviewing him, I'm not talking about what I've done. I'm talking right now about what my team has just accomplished. Like, he just seems to be so light years ahead of of where you would expect an 18-year-old kid to be. But he's been that way since before he got the exceptional stat. Right, Sam? I mean, he wouldn't have gotten that status into the league if he didn't have that kind of head on his shoulders.
0: I think that's the key point, and that's you know, that's something that's taken very seriously by Hockey Canada, who's essentially responsible for granting the exceptional status is that you have to be able to kind of stand up on your own two feet. You have to be able to you know move away from home, as he did from his BC home, to go play in Regina. You have to be able to handle the media pressure that comes with the exceptional player status and in every barn you go to you're the guy i mean when that was granted they figured he could handle it i don't think anyone expected it to be to the level it's been and so you have to give connor a ton of credit for being able to handle all of that added extra layer um you know of, of media presence this year so it's been it's been a real delight to watch him You know, I sat down with him the last time in January. We had a great chat there, and he's just a—he's just a real kid. He's got a pro mentality. He's going to be able to handle whatever's thrown at him, even at the next level. And to see the year-over-year progression, I'm expecting huge things from him this summer to be able to kind of springboard him right into his National Hockey League uh, year. So it's—it's been really fun to watch. And I got to tell you guys, I've been lucky enough since. I started with Sportsnet back in 0304 to to work through Sidney Crosby and Aaron Eckblad and Connor McDavid and Sean Day. Many people don't remember. He was an exceptional status guy. Got to know Shane Wright really well over the years. I've seen Patrick Kane. I've seen everyone through the CHL who's a star in the National Hockey League come through, and Connor Bar- Bedard is every bit of that and, and probably more than most of them.
2: Yeah, that's saying something. <laughs> That's that's very elite company. And we know he's gonna go first. We know he'll be playing in the NHL in the fall. Sam, is there anybody else out of the the WHL that has, has caught your eye over the course of this year?
0: Really appreciated the play of Nate Danielson, uh the, the late birthday center who plays in Brandon. Uh, you know, he comes into the league and as a sixteen year old and a Brandon team that's you know, that's pretty good. He ends up with all the key matchups. You know, Riley uh, Ridley Gregg's taking all the spotlight from him at that time, and yet he's just quietly going about his business and points, you know, below a point per game. And then he comes back this year, and he's still accepting of all of those matchups. And now he's putting up over a point per game and, you know, doing a lot of the things that you see responsible centers do at the next level. So I have an appreciation for the 200-foot game there. Braden Jaeger's an interesting guy for me in Moose Jaw. Um, you know, made his mark as a goal scorer. That's dipped a little bit, so I wonder with that, does his draft status dip a little bit? Maybe. I'm looking at uh, Riley Height and Cohen Zemer are playing in the in Prince George in the Western Hockey League and thinking about, you know, Zemer plays a little bit of bite in his game. He's got some old school, and Height is kind of all over the place playing with Canada at the under 18s now. So, really a banner year. Uh, for the Western Hockey League, but I gotta say, I, you know, next to Bedard, I love this Zach Benson in Winnipeg. Like I, I love this guy. He's just a fun-loving kid. He enjoys the game. He's got eyes in the back of his head. He grew up playing with Bedard, so he feels like he should be in that conversation. You know, not to go number one, but be in the conversation as one of the elite players in this draft class. He believes it. He plays like it. On many nights in a rock star Winnipeg team, he's the best guy in their lineup. So it speaks volumes to me about Zach Benson. So really, really enjoyed talking to that young man and watching him play. I love his game.
1: Sam Cosentino joining us uh, from Sportsnet and the NHL Network. He is our headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Whether he likes it or not, he's our headliner today. Uh, <laughs> Sam, uh, let's talk Leafs for a minute here. I know you weren't in the building, but uh, definitely would have had game, uh, eyes on Game 5 last night and a, and a chance for them to finally sort of slay the dragon, slay the, the demon. And they didn't do it. And uh, a lot of um, vitriol being directed, and frankly, if you've watched the games, rightfully so, at Justin Hall. But uh, I would love to just get your thoughts on sort of that series and whether or not Toronto's going to make out with their first playoff series win since 2004 when you were just starting at Sportsnet.
0: Yeah, Justin Hall has been a GOAT on many occasions this year, but his game is actually fairly steady. And he's been a guy who's been a mainstay in that lineup all year long. And you remember, you know, earlier in the year, Toronto had a lot of injuries in the back end. Now they essentially have nine NHL defensemen he's here all the time. The problem for Justin is when he makes a mistake, it's usually a pretty big one and it's magnified. But most of the time you don't notice him. And for me, a player like him, that's probably a good thing. But getting off the hall and looking at the big picture, this is about as nervous a city as I have ever seen. You know, last night, 3-1, we're going to take this home, home ice. People are going nuts. they get got their suit jackets on with Maple Leafs all <laughs> over the place. They're yelling and screaming and swearing and, you know, trying to talk to Tampa fans off the ledge and so on. And it just wasn't meant to be. It's not going to be easy for this team. I'm so impressed by the battle-torn Tampa Bay Lightning. I can't tell you how impressed I am with that group. A headman can barely get on the ice and skate. Point's getting run all over the place. Kucherov's getting thrown into the end boards by Hall with a, you know, bad stick. Like, it is unbelievable what they're doing. Without Chernock on the back end, you know, Vasilevsky always letting in too many point shots from the point to their screens and all this kind of stuff. What a, what a warrior of a team. So I pick this thing to go seven. I stand by it. And if the Toronto Maple Leafs lose... Look out. It's going to look a lot like Winnipeg. There's going to be some wholesale changes.
2: Oh, baby. I uh, I want to make, before we let you go, Sam, because we have you on and, and love to tap in on your expertise, not just in hockey. You're not a one-trick pony. There's a little something you're bringing to the mix when it comes to baseball. You have a long background in baseball. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays looks like a pretty good start to the season at 16-9. and nine. I know you keep your tabs on these things. So what have you seen from them?
0: I got to tell you right now, you need to get to the ballpark, okay? The ballpark is spectacular. They've started a three-phase renovation. And uh, I was there with my son's team two weeks ago and there with my daughter's school uh, two days ago. What they've done is really make it feel like a ballpark. And for a long time, and I, and I opened that place as a, as a ball boy on the right field line on June 5th of 89 when Milwaukee was there and we had to stop the game because it was raining and shut the roof and all that. I was there for that, so I've seen the, the building since literally it was born. They have done an amazing job. The rooftop patio up top. A lot of kids' areas to play, shuffleboard, free old arcade games, a lot of different eating options, and seats in the 500s, which we sat down the left field line, 20 bucks, 21 bucks. Like, they've done an amazing job. So you've got to get to the ballpark. And I know, Cam, you're a big ball fan, and you'll make that happen at some point. But in terms of the team itself... You know, there's nothing I love better than Vladdy saying, I'll never play for the Yankees. Because working for the Blue Jays growing up, <laughs> yeah. you absolutely despise the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox, and you will till your dying day. And I still feel that way about it. So I love that part about it. But I think at the end of the day, this is a team whose starting pitching has been unbelievable the last um, run or two runs through the starting rotation. They got enough bats to make it work. I think they're gonna have to tweak the bullpen just a little bit. A little bit worried about Romano and his work, um, you know, his work rate and all that. So we're gonna see how this plays out. But it's a good, it's a good ball club, and the ballpark's cool. You got to come check it out. Oh, great well, stuff. Escott
1: already has this year. Yeah, I saw the, uh, the series a couple of weeks ago when Tampa was in town there, and it was, uh, yes, you, you you nailed it. All of the above, absolutely applicable. Sam, thanks for jumping aboard with Cam and I this afternoon. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, always love it. Good luck, and uh, tell Forslund he's the headliner, would you?
2: No, oh, you're the headliner, Cos.
1: <laughs> always. <laughs> Sam Cosentino, we're doing work in Sportsnet and the NHL Network. Love to hear from him. We'd love to hear from you, but uh, boy, we're not leaving a lot of time for that. So let's get to break right here, and we'll come back momentarily on Oilers Now. The team heading to the West Coast. Derek Scott brings us back with some East Coast there. A little flavor in you, yeah. Uh, guests on Oilers now receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Come in and uh, check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. And I know we talk about uh, Brent Ridge Fort and their President's Awards for customer satisfaction, their full transparency, and their customer care after the purchase. But another big factor in their success, like any great franchise stability here's some legacy level stats parts manager ricky started in 1992 general manager rich in 94 and they've had the same owner since uh, 1987 cam moon knows from personal experience that the whole brent ridge staff committed to ensuring that your customer experience is a positive one brent ridge ford your ford truck authority on the auto mile in wetasquin
2: great people at brent ridge ford i love going out there having coffee